0: If anyone should ever try to tell you that asking the saints to intercede for us is pointless, well, you just tell them to come and see me, and I will tell them a story that will quickly change their mind. And the story is something that happened to me almost 20 years ago, when my oldest niece was a little girl. They were having a Christmas market in school, and my brother had given her some money just to go and buy a few things here and there, and she decided on that day to buy gifts on her own for her grandparents and her uncles and aunts. And she bought me a bookmark. Maybe it cost her a quarter. I don't think it was very expensive by any means, but just the thought that she had thought on her own to go out and pick this out for us made it a precious gift. In fact, I think it was the most endearing gift I received that whole Christmas. I was so thrilled that my little niece had done that for me. Well, Christmas came and went, and one day I was starting a new book, and I said, oh, let me get the bookmark that Alyssa gave me, and I'll use that in the book. And I couldn't find it anywhere. I turned my room upside down, emptied out every drawer, you name it. I looked everywhere. I could not find it day after day after day. I was heartbroken. You would think I lost a million dollars because I could not find this bookmark, but then, after it seemed, I was hoping maybe that I had accidentally packed it away with the Christmas decorations and next year putting them up I'd find it again, but I wasn't going to go up and take all the Christmas decorations apart looking for it. So finally one night in desperation, I guess, you know, I decided I'd need a little help and I, as I went to bed and I put my head on the pillow and I said, well, I've lost something, I need to find it. So being Italian, I prayed to St. Anthony. And I said, you know, St. Anthony, I said, I know this is not the most important thing in the world, it's just a little bookmark, but it means so much to me. Please, tell me where I put it. And immediately a voice came into my head that said, under the orange tape. Now, I knew exactly what that meant because that year Santa Claus had bought me a blank uh, VHS tape in an orange case that was put in my stocking. So you see how long ago this is that we had VHS tapes? (laughs) But I said, my, my tapes. I said, but I've looked through all that. I said, there's nothing there. I said, so I said to myself, well, what does it hurt to look again? So I got up and went into my living room and turned on the light and went to where I kept all the tapes. And sure enough, I saw the orange tape, lifted it up, and right under it was the bookmark. And what did the bookmark say? God keeps his promises. And I have it till this very day. I keep it on my dresser, so every morning as I'm dressing and when I get undressed at night, I remind myself God keeps His promises. What an important lesson for us to remember, that when God makes a promise, He keeps it. And that's what Elizabeth says to the Blessed Mother today in the Gospel reading, at this beautiful story of the visitation. You know, Mary, I think sometimes we can overestimate, you know, the saints and especially the Blessed Mother and Saint Joseph. Mary being of the normal betrothal age in Jesus' time was only about 13 years old. So she probably was just a 13-year-old. And Joseph, young men would normally be engaged and married at 18. So we're talking about two teenagers here. So next time you look at your nativity set, remember that we're probably just talking about two kids, two teenagers that God called to do this for them. Now, I've often wondered the day after the Annunciation, Mary must have thought to herself, did I imagine it? was it all a dream? Am I hallucinating? Or was this thing real? And the angel had given her just one sign that would prove to her whether or not it was real. Know that your cousin Elizabeth is now in her sixth month. And Elizabeth, of course, was a barren woman beyond childbearing years. So she knew if I go and visit Elizabeth and find out indeed that she is with child, then I'll know the angel did indeed come to me that this was real. And so she makes haste and goes down to Ein Karim in Judah, a good good journey from Nazareth. And Elizabeth seems to have known, somebody has, the Lord maybe through an angel has told her what's happening. Because as Mary enters the room, uh, enters the house and calls her name, immediately John the Baptist leaps within her womb and Elizabeth says to Mary, those beautiful words we pray to this day in the Hail Mary, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But then she adds, but who am I that the mother of my Lord should come to me? And then she says to her, she goes, blessed are you who believe that God's word to you would be fulfilled. In other words, blessed are you for believing that God would keep His promises. And then after that, We hear, uh, the story continues if we were to read in Luke, Mary realizing now that it's all true and that God has chosen her to be the mother of God, the mother of the Messiah himself, sings out her beautiful magnificat, my soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord, my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on his lowly servant, that beautiful song that the church sings every night in our evening prayer. And I think it's so important for us in our world today to remember that when God makes a promise, He keeps it. He would never call us to do something and then abandon us. And I remember one of the first times I had experience of that in my own life, when I was in college and started to realize rather seriously that God was calling me to the priesthood, Part of me was thrilled at the idea because I had grown up around priests, I loved them, this one priest especially who was in my parish when I was a boy, Father Kenny, I idolized him. I would have loved to have been just like him. But there was another part of me who had said, who am I to do that? I can't do what Father Kenny does, I mean, he's just such a wonderful man, I don't have anything for that. Thankfully in talking with my college chaplain, he gave me some very good advice and he said, well, don't worry. God will give you the skills to do whatever you need. He would never call you and then not give you the skills you need. You may not get every skill to do everything, but the things He asks you to do, you will be able to do. And I was comforted by that. And shortly after I was ordained, I had proof of that. It was only just a few months after I was ordained, we got a phone call at the rectory uh, asking from the police, asking for a priest because a young man in his 20s uh, had just uh, committed suicide, and the family would like a priest to come over and sit with them. So I went over, and the police didn't mention to me how he had committed suicide. It was only when I got to the house that the uh, officer told me that the, boy, the young man had killed himself with a shotgun to the head. Now you have to understand something. I was always terribly squeamish at the sight of blood. Even sometimes just having a blood test, I would pass out. The sight of needles and things, you know, I I just was never going to be a doctor. I knew that. So thinking at that point, I said, oh no, what am I going to see up there? I said, I'll probably just pass out when I enter the room. I won't tell you what the room looked like because it was horrible. It's just too... Too horrible to describe, but imagine the worst scene from one of those bloody uh, horror movies, that's what I saw in there. But I went in and I blessed the boy's body, then I went down and sat with his parents and comforted them for as much time as they needed. And thankfully for me, they had just moved into the parish from nearby and they decided to go back to the parish they had just come from. Uh, for the funeral because there was a priest there who had known this young man when he was a teenager and had worked with him So they figured, you know, that would be more comforting to them And I was relieved that I didn't have to preside at that funeral only a few months ordained But I went to the wake anyway and when I went there the mother said to me She goes, oh father, thank you so much for coming and she introduced me around to all the family She goes, this is the wonderful priest who came and sat with us the other night and she was really just overflowing with um with all sorts of uh, thanks and gratitude for what I'd done. And so when I left, I felt good about that, and I still was thinking about the night that I was there, and I said, gee, I said, well, maybe my squeamishness is gone. Maybe that was just a childhood thing that now as an adult, I won't be dealing with that anymore. So I said, well, maybe that's what it is. A couple of weeks later, my father was in the hospital for nothing serious. I think he had a kidney stone, and he was only in, I think, overnight or two days but he had the IV in, and he moved his arm in just such a way that he started bleeding up the IV. And I threw up. (laughs) So, So after that, I said, how did I get through that night with that young man in the suicide? And I said, I remembered my chaplain's words, and I said, God will give you the strength and the skills you need to do what he needs you to do. And I said, only God's strength could explain that evening, that He helped me when I needed to be there for a family. And maybe we all have had some time in our lives where we realize that, that we might be looking at something and look back on a moment and say, how did I ever get through that? If somebody had told me beforehand I'd have to endure that, I'd say, no, I could just never do that. But we did get through, and we wonder how? It was the grace of God. God prom- makes a promise; He keeps it. He promised us that I will never. When you are trying to do what I ask you to do, I will never abandon you. I will be there to strengthen you all the way. So today, let us remember that: that when God makes a promise, He keeps it. And for us today, it could be different things—maybe going on in our hearts and our minds—that we need to trust in the Lord. Maybe it's a young man here who's thinking that God might be calling him to the priesthood, or a young lady considering religious life. And you might be, you know, frightened about it, terrified. What will my family think? You know, you know, will I be good at it, all that stuff? Well, I was there. I know the feelings, so don't worry. But God will be there. He would never call you to do something and not give you the skills you need to carry out his will. For somebody else, maybe it might be. We're trying to fight some sort of addictive behavior. Maybe we have a habit or a compulsion or something, and we need to fight it. But we're worried. You know, what's it going to do to me? What will my family think if I tell them I have this problem and I need to address it? You know, will they they be there? Will they support me? Will I be able to do it? Well, don't worry. God will be there. If He's calling you to make a change in your life, He will be there to support you and strengthen you all the way. Perhaps somebody else maybe has, uh, has been estranged from a loved one for a while. Maybe he had a falling out over some incident years ago and haven't spoken since, and especially right before Christmas saying, you know, I really want to end this. I want to talk with them again, but I don't know what will happen. If I pick up the phone and call, will they you know, be, say to me, oh, thank you. I'm glad you called because I've been wanting to call you too. Or will they still just yell at me and hang up the phone? And I don't know what we'll deal with. Well, don't worry. If God is calling you to do something, he will be there. God would never call us to do something and then abandon us. And hear Him say to you, do you think I would call you and then not be there for you? I will be there every step of the way. Don't be afraid. So if you hear God's will for you, always say yes, never no. Adam and Eve said no to God, thinking they knew better than He, and they brought sin into the world. Mary said yes to the Father, not knowing where it would lead her, and she brought us our Savior. Jesus said yes to the Father's will, knowing fully well it would lead Him to the cross, and He won us our salvation. In all things, then, seek only to know God's will for you and to have the strength to carry it out, even if you don't know where it will lead you. It may lead you to the joy of the manger or the pain of Calvary, but it always, always leads to salvation. Remember that the will of God will never lead you where His grace cannot sustain you, so fear not and always trust in God. May Jesus Christ be praised, now and forever. Thank you for listening to this week's homily by Father Carrozza. If you enjoyed this homily, please pass the word on to your friends and invite them to listen. For more materials from Father Carrozza, please visit www.fathercarrozza.com.